Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only Internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix a cause with natural treatments so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Today's topic is you can fix your brain. Just one hour a week to the best memory, productivity, and sleep you've ever had. I'm so very excited about today's show because my special guest is Dr. Tom O'Brien. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Dr. Tom O'Brien is a world expert on gluten and considered the Sherlock Holmes for treating chronic disease and metabolic disorders from a functional medicine perspective. He holds adjunct faculty positions with the Institute for Functional Medicine and the National University of Health Sciences, which is my alma mater. He is a visionary behind the Gluten Summit, A Grain of Truth, and the documentary Betrayal, The Autoimmune Disease Solution, They're Not Telling You. He wrote the book, The Autoimmune Fix, which outlines a step-by-step development of degenerative diseases and gives us the tools to identify our disease or dis-ease process years before the symptoms are obvious. And his latest book is You Can Fix Your Brain, Just One Hour a Week to the Best Memory, Productivity, and Sleep You've Ever Had. Dr. O'Brien, thank you so much for being back on the special on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you. So our last interview that we did together was about your last book, The Autoimmune Fix, and we spoke about the betrayal series that you did, the documentary, which was, I mean, both were very, very well received by the public, and I know you impacted so many lives. Oh, thank you. Yes, um, uh, betrayal... Uh, is a nine-part series um, online. It's free, and we've had over 500,000 people watch it. And what we did was we, my wife and I traveled to seven different countries and interviewed scientists. Of, uh, I interviewed the people whose papers, research papers, I had been reading. And I knew the questions asked them because I read their papers, you know, so I didn't say, how did you get interested in the subject? And, you know, but we really dived into it. And then I inter- interviewed the practitioners who were applying the principles from these research papers. And then I interviewed the patients of the practitioners who were complying with the doctor's recommendations and they reversed their MS or they reversed their rheumatoid arthritis or they reversed their psoriasis. And you see this time and time and time again. And I'm so very proud that over half a million people have watched it and We've, we got um, over somewhere, we stopped counting after that, but over 18,000 questions came in. My gosh, how do I learn more about this? Or how do I find more people or a doctor that knows about this? And 
So we, we know that we changed the discussion about autoimmune diseases for a lot of people and for anyone who's listening that has an autoimmune disease of, of any type, Hashimoto's thyroid disease or Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or psoriasis or vitiligo, which is when you lose the color in your skin, uh, the mechanisms of how all this comes about, that's what the book The Autoimmune Fix was about. And you read and go, oh, my gosh, this makes perfect sense. And then the Betrayal series, when you watch Betrayal, and it's free, it's all free. When you watch Betrayal, you understand what's it going to take to put a lid on this disease that I've got and to stop its progression and many times reverse it. How do you arrest and reverse the disease? And it's not by taking a pill. Uh, we've grown up in a culture that tells us uh, when you have a symptom, take a pill and forget about it. You know, you watch these TV advertisements and everybody's happy and bouncing around these guys with their bare chest playing volleyball, you know, these well-developed Adonis guys and these gals with these bouncing breasts. And all. You know, everybody's happy and laughing and running around. But the audio you hear, warning, this drug may kill you, it'll cause cancer. And, you know, they just go on and on with all the diseases, but the visuals on the screen are happy, bouncing people, and we block out the audio, and, and, and they've known how to train us very well to think that when you got a problem, you just take the drug, find the right drug, and you're going to be okay. And, of course, we know that doesn't work. Uh, and uh, the uh, World Health Organization, every year for the last six years that I've checked, every year, they rank the United States number one or number two in the world in the quality, or not quality, I'm sorry, in the technology of healthcare. We've got the best technology, the best tests, the most sophisticated um, methodology possible. And then every year we're recommended, in, or not recommended, we're um, rated in the bottom five of healthcare results. So we're most expensive, most technology, most dollars spent, and at the bottom in results. And this is why. This is why. I call it life jacket medicine. When you're diagnosed with a disease, whatever it is, or if you've got some symptoms and you go to the doctor and he gives you a name uh, for what you've got, it's like you've fallen over a waterfall and you've crashed into the pond below. And you swim up to the surface and <coughs> spit the water out, you know, and you'll think, God, I'm alive. Wow. And you're trying to stay afloat in this pond of diabetes or this pond of recurrent migraines or this pond of recurrent miscarriages or this pond of Alzheimer's. It doesn't matter what the symptoms are. You're in the pond. And everybody's looking for the life jacket to keep you afloat because the water's really turbulent. You know, the waterfall keeps falling into the pond and it's hard to stay afloat in this turbulent water. You're still living the lifestyle that's caused the problem. So everybody's looking for the life jacket to stay afloat in the pond. And that's really important. It's critically important that you find a life jacket so you can stay afloat and you don't drown in the disease that you've been diagnosed with. It's critically important. And you always want a life jacket with the least side effects possible, so you try the natural approach first, um, 
the complementary, the alternative medicine, the functional medicine approach first. And if that doesn't work, you take the drugs. You need to stay afloat so you don't drown. But once you're stable in the water and the immediate threat is tempered down a little bit, you don't stay in the water of the turbulent water. Swim over to the side of the pond, get out of the water, walk up the hill, walk back up the river and figure out what the heck fell in the river that carried me downstream and I eventually fell into the pond of diabetes. That's what functional medicine is, is going back upriver to figure out, we call it upstream. You're going back upstream to figure out what the heck happened to me. And it's because we haven't been taught to do that and we haven't been taught to think that way that we have the results that we have in our current healthcare system. We're ranked in the bottom five every year in terms of healthcare effectiveness, quality of life. And for the first time in recorded history, children born today have a shorter projected lifespan than their parents. They're going to get uh, diagnosed with the disease at earlier ages and die at an earlier age than the age their parents die at. That's never happened before, but it's happening now. That's how bad it is. So we need to change our direction. And that's what betrayal was about and the autoimmune fix was about this mechanism. How do you go back upstream? and figure out what the heck happened to me, what fell in the river. And our new book, uh, You Can Fix Your Brain, the new book is target-specific on brain function. And why did we do that? We did that because everyone knows someone who, was, who had a heart attack. They survived. They changed their diet. They started exercising, lost a few pounds, and they're doing really good right now. Most of us know someone diagnosed with cancer who went through the treatments and is in remission and they're doing good right now. No one knows anyone diagnosed with a brain deterioration disease who's doing good right now. It terrifies us because we don't know what to do. And so we do life jacket medicine and think that's okay. And we have to wake up that our brains the most sensitive organ in our body, the mechanisms that cause the dysfunction in the brain are just like any other disease. You have to go back upstream to figure out what the heck happened here. And that's what You Can Fix Your Brain is about. Your newest book is so exciting and you have such a wealth of information. I think a good place to start is... Just explain to our listeners about brain inflammation, why is it bad, and what are the warning signs of brain inflammation? Oh, sure, sure. So whenever you have a a realization that your brain's not working the way you want it to, you walk into a room and you forget why you walked in the room. Where did I put my keys? You get a little, you got brain fog. You're just not focusing today the way you'd like to. Or more serious recognitions that your brain's not quite working right. You get migraines. You get recurrent headaches. You're not doing well in school. You know that you really know this, but you're just not getting it. Or 
you're diagnosed with depression or anxiety or schizophrenia or bipolar or even worse you've got seizures or even worse you're diagnosed with Parkinson's or Alzheimer's all of these different brain dysfunction uh, mechanisms uh, 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 symptoms all of these different brain dysfunction symptoms occur through one primary mechanism they all occur through one primary mechanism and if you understand this then you know the right question to ask the mechanism is inflammation the brain cells are on fire there's inflammation in the brain and when you realize that's true and every study to one degree or another identifies that there's only one disease I've ever seen that is not a disease of inflammation in the brain and that comes from having severe salt deficiencies but every other condition that I've read about is inflammation in the brain so when you accept that even for just discussion if you accept that then the next obvious question is where is the inflammation coming from and if you think of inflammation as fire the cell is on fire then the obvious thing we all recognize we need to do one way or another is to learn how to stop throwing gasoline on the fire I mean I make it sound so simple but it is that simple when you think that way you start asking questions of your doctor or questions about your lifestyle where is the inflammation coming from where is the gasoline coming from that's causing the inflammation that's causing the symptoms I'm having and when you look from that simple premise your eyes start popping oh my god I didn't know this oh I, I didn't know this holy cow for example we now know that it is possible extremely difficult but possible to arrest and reverse Alzheimer's there's hundreds of cases of this now published Dr. Dale Bredesen's book uh, 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 the end of Alzheimer's came out in March of last year it's a really good book Dr. Bredesen's at UCLA he runs the Buck Institute the Alzheimer's Research Center and you read this book and you realize wow there's 37 things on the checklist that you have to fix when someone's been diagnosed with Alzheimer's when you realize that that's true and you study Dr. Bredesen here's an example of gasoline on the fire it's just one example but this is an example the most common type of Alzheimer's there's three main types five categories but three main types the most common type Dr. Bredesen says is inhalation Alzheimer's what does that mean it means what you're breathing goes right through your nose into your lungs into your bloodstream up to your brain into your brain throwing gasoline on the fire it's inhalation Alzheimer's and what's the most common trigger 
for inhalation Alzheimer's. I mean, there are many different triggers, but what's the most common one? Mrs. Patient, if you go out of town for a week on vacation or maybe two weeks on vacation and you come home, do you have to open all the windows to air the house out? Well, yeah. You got mold in your house. Mold at a mild level that you can't see and you can't smell because you get used to it right away. You're breathing mold every day, and for you, that might be the gasoline on the fire continually, every day, throwing just a little bit of gasoline on the fire that goes up to your brain, causing inflammation in the brain, killing off brain cells, and eventually, you get Alzheimer's. You start having brain dysfunction, and you're eventually diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and you don't know. You go to the doctor because you're not remembering the way you think you should, or someone takes you to the doctor, and they give you some medication for it. They help a little bit, but not too much. You go back home. You sleep in the house. You're throwing gasoline on the fire because you don't know you're throwing gasoline on the fire. And you keep getting worse. But that's just one example. Here's another example. There's a very toxic chemical called benzene that is a neurotoxin, a brain poison. When do you get exposed to benzene? Every time you pump gas, if you smell the gas while you're standing there by the pump, you're smelling benzene. It's going right through your nose, into your lungs, into your bloodstream, up to the brain, throwing gasoline on the fire in your brain. Every time. So what do you do? Because you have to pump gas. Well, if you're standing there pumping gas and you can smell the gas, you're standing downwind. Walk around on the other side of the hose. Now you're standing upwind. You don't smell it anymore. Many, many times it's these simple little things that you don't think about, doctors don't think about, and that's what the book You Can Fix Your Brain is all about, is understanding these basic concepts of how we're throwing gasoline on the fire, causing the brain dysfunction that we're experiencing. You know what the... One of the things I really love about you, Dr. O'Brien, is that you really make it simple and easy for the lay person to understand. And so that in the end that they can see why they should have hope. You know, on on our last interview together, we spoke all about autoimmune disease and that can be really scary. But to have a lot of hope, there's there's reasons why that happens. There's underlying causes, root causes. And like you said, if you can, you know, throw your life jacket on, but swim to the edge, get out of that uh, pool or lake or pond and go upstream and find the reasons, uh, you can help arrest that autoimmune disease. And, And now with the brain, you know, there's, we're in an age where the brain is, um, where we're getting a lot more information about the brain, a lot of research going on. And like you said, with Dr. Dale Bredesen, I actually uh, trained with him and learned his protocol on reversing dementia and Alzheimer's. And I got to interview him for the podcast. So for the listeners out there, I'll make sure to find that interview and put that in our podcast notes, along with the last interview that uh, Dr. O'Brien and I did together on autoimmune disease. And that, again, to have a lot of hope because a lot can be done. So, Dr. Tom, one of the things that you You, talked uh, about. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was just going to say that hope gives you the motivation to put one foot in front of the other. 
You just have to know where to put your feet. You know, so you just have to know what questions do I need to ask? And you can't any longer put your health in the hands of a bottle, a prescription, thinking that, all right, I'm just going to take this pill and keep living the life the way that I've been living, knowing that everything's going to be okay. It's not going to happen. You have to realize that when you've got a disease, the way you've lived your life somehow has fueled this disease. Not that you're out there eating ding-dongs and ho-hos every day and drinking Coca-Cola. You know, that's not it. Um, you may be living a really clean life in your, eye, uh, in your view, but you're missing something. And you have to figure out, what am I missing? But you're not going to figure it out if you don't ask the questions. You just have, and that's what hope gives you. Hope gives you the motivation to put one foot in front of the other and keep asking questions. And one of the important concepts in being successful in dealing with whatever disease or dysfunction you've been given, one of the important concepts is what I call base hits win the ball game. Critically, critically important. Everybody thinks the hero is the guy that hits the home run. Home runs rarely win the ball game. It's base hits. You know, home runs are full, full of glamour. Take this pill and you're just, your symptoms go away and you're fine. No, you're not. You just put a lid on the pressure cooker for the symptoms, but the mechanism is still there. So it's good to get the life jacket. You know, put the life jacket on so that you're able to function. But then you have to figure out what is it? How am I throwing gasoline on the fire? And that's what's critically important is to keep asking those questions. What are the base hits that I can do that's going to help my body function better? What are the base hits? I'm going to stand on the other side of the pump anytime I smell gas. That's a base hit. That's a simple base hit. When you go to the coffee shop, you don't get coffee to go in the, in the, plastic, in the, in the cups with the plastic lids on them. Because the heat from the coffee, the steam goes up and condenses on the underside of the lid, drips back down into the coffee full of bisphenol A. Bisphenol A is a very toxic chemical that helps to mold plastic. And, it, and that's now in the coffee. And then you put the coffee cup up to your lips and the, all of the hot liquid hits the underside of the lid and the water tapers down into the opening to come into your mouth full of bisphenol A. And bisphenol A causes a tear in the blood-brain barrier. And we'll talk about what that is in just a minute. But bisphenol A is toxic to your brain and many other parts of your body. But it's toxic to your brain. Oh, my God. Well, I can't have coffee. No, I'm not saying that. But what you do is you buy four of those contour-type stainless steel mugs. And you, when you go in the coffee shop, you take a stainless steel mug in there and say, fill it up, please. And you use that instead of the coffee cup with the plastic lid. Now, why do you buy four of them? You buy four and you keep them in a bag in the back seat of your car. Why? Well, because if you buy a few of them and uh, they're in, in on the floor in the back seat of the car, every time you turn the corner, they clank and hit each other. So you keep them in a bag. And you, you just learn these little silly things. And why four? Because you're going to buy one, you're going to go to a coffee shop, you're going to get your coffee, drive to work, feel good about what you're doing. Then you get home at night, you drive home from work, you bring the 
the container in the house, you rinse it out at the kitchen sink, you let, leave it there to dry, you go to work in the morning, you forgot your container. You forgot your container, but well, I need my coffee. So you, you, get, you go get the coffee with the lid on it again, the plastic lid. So that's why you get four of them, because by the time you've got four containers sitting on your kitchen sink drying out, you realize, oh yeah, I gotta take, I gotta put them by the door. So you put them in a bag by the door, so when you go in the morning, or you put them by your shoes, so when you leave in the morning, you grab the bag, now you've got your four containers in the car again. You have to learn these little things. You have to learn that you don't use saran wrap or plastic wrap anymore with food. You don't use aluminum foil anymore with food. Because the aluminum foil, you see the pictures in the book of the aluminum foil when you bake it, how the aluminum foil breaks into these tiny little microscopic pieces that go in the food. And then you eat food that's got aluminum on it. You can't see it, so you don't think it's there, but it's there. And just go to Google and type in aluminum and Alzheimer's and see all the studies that come up that it's the accumulation all of, the, of all of these little exposures day after week after month after year that eventually accumulates, causing the inflammation and the damage that causes the brain dysfunction you eventually get. So you have to learn all these base hits. You know, we can do the whole show on base hits, but people won't remember it. What's important, I think, in the show is this concept of base hits. I need to learn what the base hits are. I need to learn what the little things are that I just didn't know about. Pl plastic wrap? What's wrong with plastic wrap? I always wrap the extra chicken in, in plastic wrap and put it in the refrigerator. Well, you, then you get phthalates. That's the category of toxic chemicals in plastic that get into your food. Well, I use plastic containers. Not anymore. You get glass containers and ceramic containers to store your food in in your refrigerator. And as you learn these little things, at first it's a pain in the butt to do them. What a nuisance to have to do. Well, we've always used plastic wrap, or we've always used plastic containers. We've always used Tupperware. Well, and how many people in the family have a brain that's not working so well in their 70s and 80s? You know, you start to, oh, 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 okay. Well, maybe that, okay, okay. And you just start learning all the base hits. Okay, I'll, I'll stop now. So so let's switch gears and talk about the blood-brain barrier. So if you can explain that in simple terms to our audience, what is the blood-brain barrier? Why is it important? You bet. You bet. That's a really important one. Um, uh, your brain has this cheesecloth around it. It's called the blood-brain barrier. And this cheesecloth only lets really, really small molecules that are in the bloodstream go from the blood into the brain. The cheesecloth doesn't let bigger molecules get through into the brain, like proteins and things like that. They're not supposed to get in there. So this cheesecloth protects you. It's kind of like a football helmet. You know, if you just had a football helmet that was just the helmet, and you put it on your head, and then you twist your head back and forth, the helmet hits your head. Boom, boom, boom. That inside... The football helmet, there's a net, you know, that keeps your head protected from the shell of the helmet. It's kind of like that, the blood-brain barrier. It's a cheesecloth that only lets really small molecules get into the brain. 
that 20 to 25 percent of all the blood at any time in your body is in your brain. I mean, that's where where the nutrients, so many of the nutrients go because your brain's working so hard all the time. And it needs that cheesecloth to protect it. It's called the blood-brain barrier. What happens is that you get tears in the cheesecloth. It's called a breach of the blood-brain barrier. So I call it B4, capital B, number four, a breach of the blood-brain barrier, B4. When you get B4, now these larger molecules get into the bloodstream that aren't supposed to get into the blood, uh, I'm sorry, they get into the brain, that aren't supposed to get into the brain from the bloodstream. These larger, they're good molecules, but they're not supposed to get into the brain. They're too big. But they get into the brain. Now, every one of us has four different immune systems in our body. You have an immune system in your gut. That's the largest one because that's where we're exposed to the most stuff that's, that we have to be protected against is from the food that we eat. You have an immune system in your bloodstream. We know our doctors check that. That's the white blood cells and all the different types of white blood cells and antibodies. You have an immune system in your liver. It's a very separate immune system. And you have an immune system in the brain. It's very separate. Now, every one of the immune systems make, they fire chemical bullets to destroy whatever their job is to protect you from. Something gets in there, you fire a chemical bullet. In the brain, they don't fire chemical bullets. They fire bazookas that they're really, really um, aggressive. If something gets through because it, there's a B4, a breach of the blood-brain barrier, a tear in the cheesecloth, any molecule gets in there, the glial cells in the brain, that's the immune system in the brain, they just destroy this thing, whatever it is. That's really good. We need that. The problem is, when you're exposed to things in the bloodstream that tear the blood-brain barrier, they give you a breach of the blood-brain barrier, that tear the cheesecloth. When you're exposed to things like that every single day, tearing the cheesecloth, tearing the cheesecloth, tearing the cheesecloth, that happens again and again and again. And when you do that, your immune system in the brain is firing these bazookas all day long. You get a lot of fire in the brain and you get collateral damage and that's one of the mechanisms inside the brain that causes the loss of brain cells and the inflammation that causes the damage that manifests as uh, uh, seizures or as depression or as anxiety or schizophrenia or bipolar. The mechanism's the same for all of them. It's inflammation that damages the function of the brain cells because something got in there that's not supposed to get in there. You've got B4, a breach of the blood-brain barrier, and it keeps coming in every day. Um, we've all heard about leaky gut. This is a leaky brain. And there are hundreds and hundreds of research papers on this, but no one's been talking about it yet. And this book is the first book, I think, for the general public that I've ever seen that talks about B4. And I'm hoping that by next year, Thousands and thousands and thousands of patients are asking their doctor, do I have B4? Do I have a leaky brain? And your doctor will say, what? What are you talking about? 
and then say, well, would you look into a breach of the blood-brain barrier? And if they do, they say, oh my God, I didn't know this. There's hundreds of studies on this, hundreds. And then, you're, see, you're asking the questions, and then the goal is, what are the base hits I need to do to stop the tears in the cheesecloth of my brain? What are the base hits? And what they include, and that's what the book is about, You Can Fix Your Brain, is all about the base hits. The foods you eat, the air you breathe, you know, the clothes that you're wearing. Why clothes? Because when you get the clothes home from the cleaners and, and you put those clothes on, you're breathing the toxic chemicals that they use in the cleaners. Or the new clothes you buy. You always have to wash new clothes before you wear them. Why? Because they've got these flame-retardant chemicals in them that even washing doesn't get rid of most of it, but at least gets rid of some of it. But these flame-retardant chemicals are toxic to your brain. I mean, how many people you know were saved from dying in a fire because they were sleeping in a bed and they were covered by flame-retardant sheets and flame-retardant comforters? I mean, we're breathing this stuff in minute dosages every single day. And some people will listen to these comments and say, oh, that's nonsense. There's nowhere near enough toxic chemicals in flame-retardant uh, uh, bed sheets or comforters to cause a problem for people. And you're absolutely right. There is no study that's ever said that. However, this stuff is accumulative in your body. So it's the benzene from pumping gas this morning and the flame retardant chemicals from sleeping for seven, eight hours underneath this stuff and the mold that you're breathing in your house and the dairy that you're eating, because casein causes tears in the cheesecloth of your brain. Casein that's in dairy causes B4. And the spinach that you're eating, if you have a sensitivity to spinach. Or the tomatoes that you're eating, if you have a sensitivity to tomatoes. Now, there's nothing wrong with tomatoes and spinach, unless you have a sensitivity to them. Then they cause B4. So you ha it's the accumulative effect of all of these different things. And this is going to blow you away. It's going to be so overwhelming, you won't know what to do unless you have the big picture view, base hits win the ball game. And that's the first concept. And the second concept is this one. You give one hour a week to learning a little more about B4 and how to protect my brain. Just one hour a week. Every Tuesday night after dinner or every Sunday morning before church, I'm going to read a little bit more. Whatever time it is, but every week you allocate one hour to read my book and reread it and or to watch Betrayal or to read something else, to listen to another podcast as uh, from this functional medicine radio show. One hour a week and in six months, you've got this down. You've, you've implemented a lot of base hits, and you notice, well, my brain's working so much better than it was eight months ago. You'll see it, but you have to be willing to get out of the pond and go back uphill and learn what this is. And, you, and the only way to do it, because you're not trained as a doctor, you're not trained to think about these concepts, the only way is if you allow yourself the patience of one hour a week so that you don't get too overwhelmed and you just look for base hits and every day you put one foot in front of another because you've got hope 
you put one foot in front of another with another base hit. I'm so glad that you mentioned that simple concept of one hour a week because especially my patients that come in that I'm doing the Bredesen protocol with, they they really just feel so overwhelmed with the yes. sheer amount of information. And and I tell them like, well, how do you eat an elephant? And they go, what? <laughs> I said, <laughs> I, I say, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. It's just one yeah, bite exactly. at a time. This is a similar exactly. concept. That's a really good visual for them because like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and it is. It's one bite at a time. And eventually, six months, eight months from now, you've got this down. Not that you're fixed. It'll take you two years, three years to go back upstream and figure out some of these diseases that people are diagnosed with. Who cares how long it takes? But you know you're getting better. You know you're functioning better. You know you're on the right track. And every week, one hour a week, you just keep allocating a little bit of time consistently every week to this. Now, we just have a few more minutes left, Dr. O'Brien. Um, can you talk a little bit about the blood-brain barrier testing? Because listeners out there don't realize that there are tests that can be run to see if your blood-brain barrier is intact or if it's breached. You bet. Um, everyone that has any brain dysfunction whatsoever should do this test. Because if you have brain dysfunction, you've got inflammation on your brain. So the question is, do I have measurable levels of B4? Do I have a leaky brain right now? And the reason you want to know, and you look at it and you say, oh, darn, really? Oh, darn. But that's the baseline. Then you start learning the base hits. You talk to a doctor who knows what they're talking about, like you, and you start applying the base hits. You start feeling a little better. You start functioning a little better. Six months later, you do the test again. Oh, I feel good now. Well, but you do the test to make sure you've closed those tears in the cheesecloth. So the test is called the Neural Zoomer, N-E-U-R-A-L, Neural Zoomer. And almost all of your doctors will not know about it because this is a new concept. But it's an extremely accurate test that looks at do you have inflammation in your brain? And three of the markers are specific looking for the tears in the cheesecloth, a breach of the blood-brain barrier. So you're looking to see uh, do I have inflammation in my brain and do I have a tear of the cheesecloth it doesn't matter if you have symptoms or not because you don't get symptoms until this has been going on for quite a while so by the times you get symptoms by the time you got depression or anxiety or whatever it is you've been there's been fire in the brain for quite a while so you want the marker one more thing about it, and then I'll tell you where to get it. There's two ways to measure the temperature in the engine of your car. In some cars, the hot light comes on. And you know when that big red hot light comes on, you say, oh, my gosh, I, I need to pull over. I need to get gas station really quick. Because if you don't, that engine's going to blow up. And we think more of our cars than that. That's when you've got symptoms. The hot lights come on. Other cars will have a temperature gauge that slowly starts to climb, and you can see it as it's climbing towards the red zone. 
1986, we had a Chrysler minivan. My wife and I and the two kids were coming back from a summer vacation. We lived in Chicago and from Michigan. We're driving back from Michigan in August. It was a 90-90 day, 90 degree temperature, 90% humidity, really hot on the highway. I had the air conditioning on doing 70 miles an hour, listening to some music, kids playing in the back seat. And I said, oh, no. And my wife said, well, what's wrong? I said, oh, the engine's overheating. Because I could see the temperature gauge was climbing up towards the red zone. And she said, oh, no. I said, it's okay. It's okay. But I had to slow down to 55, turn off the air conditioning so I didn't tax the engine so hard, roll down the windows, listen to the kids complain about how hot it was. But we made it home and the car didn't overheat. That's the value of a temperature gauge. That's what these tests are for when people say, oh, I feel fine. I don't have a problem with my brain. Oh, really? Really? Well, you might be surprised. So the tests are both temperature gauges and hot lights on the dashboard. It's called the Neural Zoomer. And you, you, you can go to my website, thedr.com, and thedoctor.com. Just don't spell the word doctor out. And you can download the information about the Neural Zoomer test Take it to your doctor and say, can you order this test for me, please? And if they won't do it, you can order it on my site. But I'd rather your doctor order the test because then they learn about the test. And then you'll find out, do you have B4 and do you have inflammation in your brain? If so, now you know, wow, my brain's on fire. Why is my brain on fire? How am I throwing gasoline on the fire? Okay. I need to do just base hits one hour a week and just learn the little things that I can do to calm down this fire. And then six months from now, you do a test again and you see the inflammation's all gone and your brain's functioning really well. Then you high five each other, you and your spouse or you and your doctor, you high five each other and say, we've done it. Great. Now, Mrs. Patient, this is a vulnerability for you. So once a year, just check this once a year. Every time you get a blood test, let's just check your neural zoomer to make sure your brain's staying functioning well. Fantastic. Dr. O'Brien, you've given our listeners so much great information. Can you tell them how can they find a copy of your book and how can they find out more about you? You bet. You bet. Thank you for that. Uh, our website is thedr.com. But you, you can order the book. You can fix your brain. You can pre-order the book right now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and iBooks. So you can go there and order the book now. And for those who are saying, yeah, I need to read this book, and yes, you do, if you order it now, they'll ship it to you when it comes out in about, uh, oh, about two months from the time we're doing this interview. I'm not sure when the interview will air, but... Uh, uh, it comes out in September. And if you order it now, what that does um, is that Amazon says, whoa, look at this. And there are organizations that look to see how many people are pre-ordering the book. You know, for example, the New York Times, they watch all of this and they give reference. Hey, oh, this is a good book. Then they'll look at the book. They read the book. Then they'll write a review and then more people will read the book. So for those of you listening, please go now to Amazon and Barnes & Noble or Books A Million or iBooks and order the book. And it'll come uh, uh, quite soon for you, but it'll help us to get the word out so more people can hear about this. Fantastic. So for the listeners out there, I'll make sure to find those links and put them in the podcast notes 
so that you can easily find uh, Dr. Tom O'Brien and all of his fabulous resources and pre-order his book. Dr. O'Brien, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has been another awesome interview. Oh, thank you so much. It's really a pleasure to be with you. All right, this wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Dr. Tom O'Brien. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next time for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carey is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carey is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.